Hi, everybody. Welcome to another Hoss Talks Foss. I'm the Hoss, Matt Yankovic, here at Percona. I am here with Hamid Akhtar today, our senior software engineer um, involved in all things Postgres. Uh, how are you doing today, Hamid? I am doing very well. Um, thank you for having Good. me. Good. Great. Great to, great to hear. Now, Hamid, you have been in the Postgres space for, oh gosh, over 10 years now, right? Yes. Um, over 10 years. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, yeah. And so you, you've worked at um, other companies uh, like Enterprise DB. Um, you've worked in the Postgres space in a variety of different roles. Um, and so you, you um, know and love Postgres through and through. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm beginning. <laughs> well, I started off not really liking the community and not really liking the software, but then gradually as you work together and understand the ecosystem, that's when you establish a respect for people who put in so much effort and time and give so much back to the community in form of open source software that you begin to appreciate the amount of effort and dedication people have for this project um, and the projects around it. So it's, it's really how this project has evolved over the years that I see and appreciate it more. Um, looking at it from like, in fact, my first experience was back in 2007 when I joined Enterprise DB as part of the database core team. Um, then there was a gap. Uh, I rejoined in 2011, I think. <laughs> um, and that's really when I started to really dig into Postgres, understand um, from looking at it, I mean, from 9.0 onwards, um, and supporting all different kind of environments. I mean, not just Linux, but HPUX on Itanium, or Sun, Solaris Park, you name it and you, you had it. Um, and there's a lot of eclectic, uh, you know, things you have to do to get some versions uh, and some OSs to kind of match up, right? I mean, that's that's kind of a pain. Th that is, I mean, the, the other thing that the community did, I mean, they could very easily go the easy route of just picking up GCC and building it on Linux, Unix-based variants, but... Um, the effort was done to ensure that you use the most optimized compiler and the tool chain on a particular OS. So uh, you have, for example, uh, on PowerPCs, you have uh, their tool chains for IBM, by IBM. So you, um, the advanced tool chain. So you, you basically use those specific environment specific options, take the pain, uh, uh, give out a lot of sweat while trying to figure out why it's not working on this environment, what's working, what's not. But that's really the good thing about Postgres is that it's it's not taken the easy route in any way. Um, it's taken the big steps, the big challenges, and it's gone through and come through pretty well. Yeah. No, I mean, it is a tried and true um, stalwart of the database space now. Um, it continues to grow in popularity and uh, more and more folks are turning to it over proprietary solutions. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think the openness of the community is what really helps. Uh, it gives people the confidence that they're, they're never left at <laughs> at anyone's discretion, they always can go back to the source code. They they have the option to know what's running on their system. There are no yeah. hidden things in, in there. Uh, so it gives people a lot of confidence that's what's going on, what's happening. Uh, 
how they can manage and there's always a fallback option of somebody just picking up the source code and looking into and doing things um so um yeah and i mean it 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 enables you to kind of delve into all kinds of different areas and figure out what works what doesn't work and then as people have needs it evolves and people can contribute code and they can contribute tools and you know that that's where a lot of the work here at Percona has started, right? So we we look at you know Percona's evolution in part of the Postgres space, and you coming in. What have you been working on here at Percona, um, you know, for the community? Well, I um, so one of the projects that one of the big projects that we're doing here is PG Start Monitor. So I, I start with that, um, and it's it's a project that. I expect to grow significantly uh, and even maybe in parts gets picked up by the community, uh, whether that becomes certain features become part of PG stat statements. Uh, but it, it's a project that has a lot of potential. Uh, I've spoken to a number of people from pretty significantly large companies who are who like the project, who want to use it. But um, so it's, it's really, I think um, the... GS expected, in fact, today for PGSTAT monitor. So it's it's a big day in terms of PGSTAT monitor's release. Uh, well, today, as of the recording, because this will be probably a couple of weeks after it's released, so it'll already yeah. be out there once you listen to this. Exactly. So, um, um, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's really a big project in terms of how you observe query and performance and Postgres server. But beyond that, what I've been really working on is I'm working on a couple of patches. Um, so hopefully I'll be able to cook up something. Uh, there's one for page inspect, there's one for Postgres server. Uh, there's small patches, small fixes, small improvements. Um, and then obviously it's just about some level of evangelism, whether that's through talks or whether that's through blogging uh, and highlighting the features, um, the key features and performance related features are really what um, kind of uh, really, um, challenges me in terms of improving how good we can make the server run. Um, other than yeah, that... Oh, it, it, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, other than that, I mean, I've I've had a pretty decent experience with packaging and installers with Postgres. So, uh, in fact, in, in the past life, uh, I had one of the organizations, I was leading the team, which was responsible for shipping out the one-click installers for Postgres, the official installer. So, we were always there building those installers for all different platforms, making sure that on Thursdays between 1 and 2 UTC, uh, we're able to ship out and update Stack Builder catalogs and publish those installers. So it's it's always kind of um, like a great organization of the community that it works together, ensures that things come together. Uh, there's a predictable pattern out there that people can depend on. Um, so it, it's evolved and it's improved. And um, yeah, and I continue to look into the packaging side of things, not really that actively, but just reviewing it uh, from RPM perspective. So yeah, there's okay. there are good, good things out there. Good, good mix, good mix. Well, yeah. let's go back to PG Stat Mon, uh, Monitor for a second, because for folks who may not know what PG Stat Monitor is, um, let's give them kind of a little baseline. Uh, it is an extension to Postgres that allows you uh, greater 
data and statistics on your queries that are running. Um, it's a little different than PG stat statements. So PG stat statements um, is, is a tool that does something similar. Um, but I think the big differentiators that I've seen within PG stat monitor are really the focus on not only being able to look at what queries are running, but looking at them in time series buckets. So you can look at them over the course of time. Um, you get more statistics. In fact, there's like 19 additional uh, fields that are available, um, you know, in PG Stat Monitor, and um, the ability to get things like histograms of the queries, so you can see if you know, hey, 90% of the queries run in 100 milliseconds, the other, you know, 10% run in 10 seconds. That's something that's kind of important and you need to understand. Yeah. Um in fact, this is one of the things I'll be discussing in my talks about query performance. Uh, there you query go. Insights. Um, because PG Stack Monitor started off, um, started off on uh, basically PG Stat statements. So it kind of inherited a lot of the details from it, a lot of the statistical information. But then based on that, um, it kind of stitched together a bigger picture with time series and beyond that the connection related information and as you mentioned histogram the plan uh, and the plan with the parameters uh, so that or the query with the parameters so that you can actually dig into what what has happened um, though those are really key things when you look at pg stat monitor as an improvement or as a uh, as an observability tool uh, because um, the thing with PG stat statement is that it's brilliant in terms of the statistical information it gathers. But where it lap, uh, lags behind is that it's an accumulation of data. Uh, anomalies over a period of time can disrupt those statistical informations, whether they say a query that runs in one second and for some odd reason, because of a log, because of some other issue, it took an hour. Now that will completely offset all your statistics but in a time series data set, it will disrupt that one bucket, that one window of time, but it will not disrupt the other data. So that means that you still have a better picture as to how that query is behaving. So you don't have to reset your entire statistics to get that piece of information. Uh, so that's, that's where I think the observability improves. It's more like when I discuss it with people, I say it's more like the SARS tool on Linux, which can help you identify based on time of the day, how the system was behaving. So you just have that statistic information based on um, say the day or the time when you think that, um, when you expect whether there wasn't other load on the system and it should run fine, um, rather than just having an accumulation of uh, numbers. So it's, it's really, I think, a good starting point and really it's kind of something that people will eventually be using quite significantly in their environments. Um, yeah, and I think that this this goes hand in hand with the change that I've seen in um, modern applications, right? So observability is the name of the game in most environments now because people aren't running a single server. They're running hundreds. And that means that if you've got hundreds of Postgres instances, the odds that you're going to be able to go in when there's a problem and find it immediately are, are pretty slim. So it's really about finding that 
needle in a haystack or finding the one thing that's causing the issue. And it's that one thing that was causing an issue maybe 20 minutes ago or an hour ago, which makes it even more difficult, especially if it's a transient problem. Um, so the more details you can get, the better off you are. And that's why tools like Grafana or PMM or Datadog or fill in the observability tool of your choice have really grown in popularity, um, you know, because of the environments we're in. Yeah. And, and obviously this obviously directly translates into cost savings, uh, whether you are on a cloud or on premise, whether it reduces load on your hardware, eventually that's where you want to go. Because if you have hundreds of systems and you have a 10% performance degradation and you're not aware of it, that adds 10 new nodes to your system. That's a significant overhead. Um, and even on cloud, I've seen people who think that their costs should be half of what they are currently paying for. Um, yeah. Does anybody though? Yeah. Does anybody really say that? No. No. We're paying a fair cost. No. Of course not. They they want less money, right? They want to spend less money. So there's always pressure to spend less. I think that's a universal constant. You know, let let us spend less money. True. That's very true. Yeah. Um, but no, I yeah. think that going hand in hand with this type of a, a change in environment, you mentioned the one-click installers that you've worked on in the past. That's all changed. And now there's so many tools like databases as service tools uh, in the cloud where it is one-click. And it's not only installing, it's setting everything up and getting it running and configured out of the box. And now you've seen that kind of extended down to uh, Kubernetes as well and uh, running uh, operators that run Postgres. And it's all about enabling an end user or developer to click a button and start that up, which means if you've got a thousand developers, they all want their own instance, that's a thousand databases that you have to deal with. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, the pain with one-click installers was far greater than just the packaging because with the installers, you had to build all the third-party dependencies. So they were eventually discarded on the Linux platforms in favor of native packaging. Uh, so with now this replacement of Kubernetes and Dockers and being available and just simply downloading and doing a run command and <laughs> you're up and running with the service, pre-configured um, that's that really helps a lot because one of the pain points that people had was how do you run the server make sure it's configured uh, properly for my use case and um, but I think credit where it's due um, the documentation has evolved for Postgres significantly from the time when you it was a challenge uh, to now when it's very organized and um, I mean, the reason why I give so much credit is because I've seen the evolution. I've I've worked with the people who are actively involved and I've seen how they kind of push through things to make sure that everything got structured properly. Uh, so, and how people were mad when we used to miss a timeline, even by 30 minutes of not releasing the installers. It was like, everyone's on our back. Uh, so it's, um, I think this is this is how the ecosystem has evolved. It's about structure and predictability and allowing people to just engage with with that community because you can depend on them um so with with the operators and kubernetes it's now at a different um direction that things are moving towards whether that's um 
away from the old uh, kind of philosophy of just install, being able to install things. But again, that's the new technologies that are going to prop up and the community is always going to support that. Um, so it's, yeah, um, I think that these are, these are really good things that help community growth. Uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, more people using it, um, more eyeballs, more contributions, uh, better polish, right? I mean, I think it all, all makes sense because, you know, uh, you know, you get better through more people using it. Yes. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's about, well, a few years ago, I think there was one complaint about Postgres community was that it's very harsh, it's very rude, um, it does not accept criticism, it does not take in things, but, but that's, that's not really the case as you get involved with things. Um, and people accept things, people accept features, they, they work on things, they do a lot of improvements. Yes, they, they need to be a little conservative with things because it's it's a database. Database by very nature has to be a bit conservative in terms of the feature set that they incorporate and the risk of stability that they introduce in context of that. So they have to be very watchful uh, of what they ex what they accept as par part of a patch, what they don't. Um, and obviously it's, um, it needs to be uh, very, remain very predictable for people. So not just that random, there are going to be a lot of features that are required, but again, they take it one step at a time. I have been, for example, looking at um, the B-tree index evolution, whether in BG13, for example, from deduplication, that was one attempt that improved B-tree indexes. But now in BG14, they have um, what they call is, um, Deduplication, but it's in a very different way. It's called uh, bottom-up deletion, uh, which is about um, removing uh, the version duplicates that are no longer visible. So that's effectively preemption of um, index growth. So the bloating side of things are then managed. The index is kept small and efficient in PZ14. And then you have page deletions that are better optimized. So there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scene. Um, yeah. And I think each of the releases of Postgres, you see the incremental improvements across all of these. And, you know, not a lot, not all the features are like the groundbreaking ones like, oh my God, now we, we have all of this, this cool new technology to start using. A lot of it is just improving what's already great. So, so taking what's good and making it great, that there's a lot of work there and the polish is just, it's getting better and better every release. Yes. Um, so it's, I mean, it, at times, for example, in one of my talks, um, uh, upcoming talks and, um, I had looked into, for example, database replication conflicts. And when I was looking into how the locking works, it was thousands and thousands of lines of code. And I did not anticipate that when I started looking into that. I thought it's going to be a smaller lock management system, not too complicated. But as you dig into it, it goes in to functions and functions and functions and functions. And you end up with a huge call stack. Um, of functions that are just dealing with how the locking works. And eventually it throws up an error for a conflict in the database uh, after a lot of uh, function calls. But I mean, that's, that's the amount of work and effort that goes into just making any small thing work from a user perspective. 
um, it's just a very small number, but in terms of how much effort it goes into and making sure that it remains stable, um, it it does take quite a bit of uh, effort, and obviously a lot of people, a lot of eyes uh, help um, whether they dig into the commit fest and be or review those patches, or whether they actively participate on the hackers mailing list or they report the bugs on the bugs mailing list um, it's a lot of people involved in getting this thing um, to the users in a shape that's uh, reliable and dependable okay well so Hamid what I like to do is I, I, I've been doing this the last several of my sessions, I go into what I call rapid fire mode. So I throw a whole bunch of questions at you and we see how you answer um, to get to know you a little bit better and to uh, just hear a, a little bit of a different perspective on a few different topics. All of the questions are random. They just pop out of my head. I don't know what I'm going to ask until I ask it. Uh, so uh, we're, we're going to go through and we're going to do that uh, to, to, to close this out today. So the first question that I have for you is, as you look at the Postgres ecosystem, um, what is the most exciting thing you see coming down the roadmap? What, 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 what maybe feature technology or tool do you see that you're really interested in and think has a lot of potential? Well, I'll have a biased opinion here. I think working on a particular tool for a lot of time, uh, I, I think DigiStat Monitor has a lot of growth potential. So okay. I'm just going to be very biased here. Oh, there's no wrong, <laughs> right or wrong answer here. That's okay. That's okay. Um, so when, when you talk about, you know, like, you know, the engineering side of things, what are your favorite tools? What 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 are your favorite tools that you use in your day-to-day your -day work? Well, it was used to be Wim, um, and then okay. Visual Studio Code came in on my Macintosh, and that's with it supporting the Makefile system and being able to give me that IntelliSense that I've been using forever. I think now now I'm back to using that Microsoft tool, uh, Visual Studio okay. Code. So I think that okay. that I really enjoy. Um, okay. So okay. Fair yeah, enough. That's, that's my favorite. Okay. okay. What's your favorite What's command, line command line tool? tool? I just use bash. I just have a lot of one-liner bash. Just, just one-liner bash? Okay. One-liner bash. I love just making that complex uh, piping scheme to ensure that uh, <laughs> I, I end up doing something crazy, whether it's usually a shell command followed by something, something, grep, said, then x args or an awk. <laughs> so, so you take a really complex program and write it in one line, is what you're saying? Yeah, um, I, I love Bash. I, I love that yes. complexity. Yes, we we love Bash. Yes, there is nothing wrong with Bash. I'm, I'm telling you, there's nothing wrong well, with Bash. I, I use, like it, bash. use it all I've, the time. I, I, yes. I've I've written smaller compilers in Bash, so I'm very happy with it. So, what is the 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 biggest problem you see users, you know, running into with Postgres nowadays? Like, what's the thing that they just always get wrong? Well, it's it's about really configuration. Um, okay, there's not. I think that they're general guidelines, but when you look at people and the use cases that they're trying to implement, um, their configuration is never or hardly ever optimal for their particular use case. So they just go by the general guidelines, they configure it in a way that's never optimal, or they, they don't use certain features, whether, say, for example, should you have an unlocked table? Do you really need logging for a particular table? 
that improves significantly the performance um and should you use some other kind of tricks just to improve the performance um so i think it's um it's really a, the versatility of postgres uh, offers that very challenge of configuration and configuring it optimally for for the environment as well and that's where people just run into things whether that's the kernel optimization or disabling huge pages and um the costing of the cpu for cores um so it's it's just about really looking at those small things and being able to optimize things then for for the use case okay when you're not hacking on code and working on you know building something cool and interesting what are you doing at home i'm usually either playing fifa so oh okay soccer or f1 so xbox okay. me and my son and i we usually have a competition or one of my nephews uh, uh, so we were just playing something we're watching something uh, yeah and just or i'm just trying to spoil my 7 year old with a few things uh, and my wife running after me uh, okay. so it's it's that story usually so do you let your son win or do you like beat him so he has something to work towards in well, fifa if he is going to make a crying face, I can't really win because I have oh, to replay. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. I have That's to be okay. very diplomatic. I have to be very smart when playing with my younger son. So yeah, I mean, it's you have to yeah. lose to win it. Uh, well, of course, right? Of course. So, so yes, you, you can still lose and win at the same time. It is possible, everyone. It is possible. You heard it from Hamid and you can hear it from me as well. Yes. Sometimes you just have to give, you know, give, give a little to, to get a little there. Yep. So, uh, Hamid, thanks for hanging out with us today. I appreciate you giving us some insight into PG Stat Monitor, the PostgreSQL space, um, a little bit about, you know, where you think things are going. And of course, answering all of those random questions that I threw in at the end. No, those are those are really well constructed questions at the end. I I love those. Uh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm glad I came out unscathed. So <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's great. It's great. So um, everybody who's watching out there or listening, please feel free to like, subscribe to the channel, do all the things that let us know that this is interesting content and uh, give feedback uh, to us in the comment section. And um, thank you again, Hamid. And we will see you at Percona Live in a few weeks. Sure. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. It was really a pleasure having uh, this conversation with you. Thank you. All right. Wow, what a great episode that was. We really appreciate you coming and checking it out. We hope that you love open source as much as we do. If you like this video, go ahead and subscribe to us on the YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And of course, tune in to next week's episode. We really appreciate you coming and talking open source with us.